In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Since, since being elected bishop in 2014, I, I was counted it up. This is my, my fifth Christmas with all of you. Um, and each time I've had the, uh, the great honor of preaching and celebrating at this five o'clock service. And each time I was also reminded by the clergy in charge of the parish that there's another service coming at seven o'clock, so Bishop, get to it and get to it quick. Uh, in short, don't preach too long. Well, I was glad to find out that that 7 o'clock service has been moved to 3 o'clock. <laughs> so I guess I got a wide open berth today. <laughs> and, and actually, if you're at all worried about it, just you should uh, uh, nudge somebody from St. Columns or one of the camps that I've worked, or even the kids from St. Andrew's School can tell you that um, what I lack in substance, I typically make up for in brevity. So you're okay, you're okay. Don't change your dinner invitations. We're, we're at a really phenomenal point in the church year. And, and I think something that is often forgotten about within our liturgical calendar and within our liturgical tradition that we Episcopalians practice, uh, along with our brothers and sisters from the Lutheran tradition, Methodist, Catholic tradition, one of the things that's often forgotten is just the incredible way that this Advent season that we just passed through rolls into Christmas. And one of, the, one of the things we tend to forget about is the amazing way that Holy Scripture leads us through this. And, and we really are, are blessed in this season to have these gospel lessons from Luke. Luke is a master storyteller. There's just no other way to put it. Now, the folks of his age would say, Luke, you, you know, he, he, he's the guy that gets to all the details. You know, Mark kind of cuts to the Cliff Notes version of everything, but Luke gets to the details. Many folks in his, his generation probably would have said, Luke, just, just the facts, man, just get to the facts. But Luke tells the story, and he tells the story poignantly, he tells the story vividly, and he tells us the stuff that we need to know, and the stuff that still relates to us even today, even today. In fact, Luke is so good at this that he sets this in history for us. He sets it right into history for us. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was in those days a decree that all the world should be registered, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. He's putting it, he's putting it into time frame for us, and he did that a couple weeks ago as well. And this yesterday, on 4th Advent, we got the, the great story of Mary and Elizabeth coming together and proclaiming how their soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Their soul sings out with the greatness of God because of the amazing thing that God has done. So I would call this period of time, and it's even more poignant than ever because we had Fourth Advent yesterday, Christmas Eve today, Christmas Day tomorrow, almost like a tritium almost like a tritium of preparation in to the baby joining us and bursting into the world 
in an amazing way. So we go from yesterday, fourth advent, and, and friends, that is for us Christians, Mother's Day. That is a very special way of declaring Mother's Day that took place on that holy day so long ago when Mary and her kinswoman Elizabeth came together to praise God for the miracle and the incredible thing that was taking place in their lives, namely carrying John the Baptist and Mary, the mother of our Lord, and both of them saying the same thing, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices. Friends, today is a day to rejoice. And this holy season of Advent that comes to a close announces that and announces that today something unique, something special, something different, something hopeful has taken place. And it's taking place right now, right now, in our midst. Think about gifts for a minute. I couldn't help but thinking as I passed through those Mother's Day lessons from yesterday about the gift of parents and, and, and my own relationship with my parents. Couldn't help but thinking about my mother who just recently died a couple months ago and my heart goes out to others who have experienced loss this year. I know there's a family in the parish that just was recently going through the loss of a mother and a grandmother. My, my thoughts and prayers are with all of you at this time. Couldn't help but thinking about her and thinking about the amazing gifts that she gave me and the way that she was able to impress upon me how love is, was, and always shall be a part of my life. Now, that's not to say that everything was always beautiful and always wonderful and we weren't mad at each other. I was the youngest in the family, you know. They always loved me more anyhow, right? We were constantly mad at each other, fiery Italians. But the lessons learned have stayed with me forever and will stay with all of us. Those are the gifts that we are given throughout our lives. One of the many ways that God, that God is presented to us through the person of Jesus Christ. And we are called to represent his love to the world at large. Thinking of those gifts and thinking of the, the way those gifts became known to us, I couldn't help but getting caught up a couple weeks ago. And Okay, I'll go ahead and say it. Stressed out about the fact that the gifts I ordered from Amazon for my family had just arrived and they hadn't been wrapped yet. You know that feeling? Okay. So I, I went rooting in the closet... For, <clears throat> here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to own it again looking for last year's Christmas paper and tape and, and I, I found it but I also found um, some things that I brought back from the west coast when, um, uh, when I was out there for mom's funeral back in October and, and one was a box that my sister had, had saved for me um, and uh, it was one of those things that I'd kind of stuffed into a suitcase as I came home and uh, had put in the closet and never looked at it. So um, being a, a good procrastinator, I opened the box right then instead of wrapping gifts and found a treasure trove of things. 
um, what I realized that I'd stumbled across was a, a box full of dad's memorabilia through the years. Um, and, and right on top of it was um, some of his um, memorabilia from when he served in the Royal Air Force and, uh, during World War II. And, and like, for example, I found these maps made out of cloth. And, um, and, and, and they're all in different languages. And then there was like stuff to translate things. And when I, when I asked a friend about these maps and I said, what am I doing with these maps and why are they made out of cloth and why would my dad save them? They explained to me that they were, um, he asked what my dad did and I said well, he was a pilot. He said, well, those were escape maps. It was what was given to them in the event that they crashed somewhere. And if you found one with French on it, it was in case they went down in French territories. And if you found one in Dutch or Danish, that was the case as well. And I was amazed by that. Amazed that Dad had kept these all these years. Amazed that my sister had been kind enough to pass them on to me. But I was also touched by the, what it represented. Because it represented a part of, a part of my dad, part of me part of a heritage, but also a gift into who he was, into who he had been, a gift into a part of his history. Now, I also found um, this magnifying glass in there, and I thought this was really cool because it's, it's made out of leather, and um, it kind of comes out like that. So I'm guessing that this is to read the maps. I, I don't know. That's just my guess. But... This magnifying glass, uh, which I'm assuming he carried with him when he flew missions um, in those years between 1942 uh, and 46, um, I, I suspect was with him all the time. And again, it's a wonderful sacramental thing for me, or has become that. But I was also reminded when I saw this, and, and that's when I filed it away saying, Brian, I think you just stumbled across your Christmas Eve sermon. I, that's what I do. I stumble across sermons. Um, because I was reminded so long ago of a preacher that I once heard who described and explained Christmas. And, and I was reminded of how this preacher described how when we take light that's shining through a magnifying glass, you know, we can kind of pull the magnifying glass closer and we can make the point of that light really tight, you know, if we got the sun in there, and eventually it gets so tight, and that, magnif and that light becomes so hot that it sets the paper or leaves or whatever underneath it on fire, because that light is so concentrated at that moment and at that place. Friends, that, that's what happened on the first Christmas. God's love was so tightly focused on humanity, that God's love became known to us in the person of Jesus Christ in a manger in Bethlehem all those years ago. And that love was so tightly focused, so tightly focused that it started a fire. It started a fire that spread from that manger. It started a fire that spread from that manger in 2000 and however many years later, it's still spreading still spreading and still affecting the world at large and still promising new hope, new life, new opportunities, and God's grace to all those 
who ask for it. Friends, that's the gift we receive tonight. Certainly the gift to be with family. Certainly the gift to step forward to the altar and reach out and receive his body and blood. But we receive that very special gift of God's love. And that love changed the world 2,000 years ago. And that love still changes the world today. And that love still calls us, still calls each and every one of us to spread the love like fire to those who will hear. To spread the love like fire to those who have yet to hear. To spread the love like fire to the men and women who are dying to experience God's grace. We're called to that. And we're called to offer that hope. I invite you during this Christmas to take a moment to think about those who have gone before us. Think about the gifts they have given us. Think about the ways they have embodied Christ's love. And think about the gifts that you were called to make sure that the next generation receives. And think about the ways that you're called to fan the fire that God started so long ago. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.